Yo, I remember Sunday mornings back in 1996 Right in front of the television Mama can't tell me shit Do the dishes, boy Rocket power on, let me skip Nah, never said that I ain't crazy, let's reminisce Chubby boy trying to figure out life And play his part Voice on TV asking me If I'm afraid of the dark Nah, never was Help me grow into something proper Beating beats Got him screaming out Ah, I'm a real monster I got in the sports late You never would see me dribble Mama gave birth to a genius They calling it Didi Pickle I'm in Dexter's lab, trying to check out them death toys After that, chilling with Ralph, making fun of them head boys Pop's not around, I'm learning from Uncle Phil and Bill Cosby I get in the situation, they got me 25 Still awaiting my letter from Hogwarts Yo, this 90s kid is still like a child of some sort yeah. Hello and welcome to the Massive Mediocrity Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Max Kesselring. I'm here with the co-host with the most, Fraser Kesselring. How are you? Guess you but good. GBG. He's bringing back that GBG, GBG. lifestyle. Dude, I'm so happy. You know, you know it, living that GBG lifestyle. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad to be back. We're glad to be here this week talking about fantasy football. Someone, we're back on the football grind. Basketball is basically over. Random things are happening. Mellows to the Rockets. No one cares. Vince Carter to the Hawks. Still, Thank God. Still no one cares. So we're ready to talk no, about... No, one person cares. Who? One person cares about Mello going to the Rockets. That's me. And that is... The one emotion I have is pure exuberance. Because <laughs> he's going to drive them right into the ground? Because he just tanked that team. Dude, it just wasn't a good fit in OKC. It wasn't a good fit. Yeah, him being with a, a ball-dominant point guard, not a good fit. Guess what? You're going to a team with two ball-dominant point guards. Good luck, you turd. Enjoy that, mellow. All right, we're not here to talk about NBA. We're here to talk about NFL. and We're here to talk about fantasy football, something that's near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. You know, training camp, uh, a lot of training camp started today. Um, so, you know, le- teams out there, Andrew Luck's throwing the ball, um, you know, all that good stuff. Players are holding out. So I'm excited to get into it. I started listening to a fantasy football podcast last night. So it's time, baby. 43 more days till the season starts. Not that long. We're less, we're a little over a month out. Uh, we got some preseason games happening um, in a couple weeks, I think now. So we figured we'd come and talk to you about fantasy football as a whole, not necessarily what are some players we're looking at, but more general strategy and uh, understanding fantasy football. Either your, you know, maybe your husband or your boyfriend plays or your girlfriend plays, whatever, uh, and you want to understand it better, this is a good podcast for you. If this is your first year or you're kind of a newbie to fantasy football, this is going to be another good podcast for you. Understand what to do and how to be a better uh, fantasy owner. I'm going to go out and say our audience is not young women. Yo, there might be young one. There, dude, there might be one. Whose husband. Dude, one. Who their husband or bo- slash boyfriend plays fantasy football and they're listening to us to figure out. What do you think our out? demo is? I'm what do you think it's like literally every, you know, guys 18 to 35? I'm going to say 25-year-old friends of Frazier. <laughs> It's our demo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid demo. We're killing it. We're killing it in that demo, though. That demo, I think we have 100% of that demo. I don't think any other... 
um, podcasts have that same same. No, uh, I think actually all rigor podcasts have probably the same demo. All of Fraser and Fraser's friends. Yeah. So maybe we're doing just as good as they are. In that metric, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> wow, we're just as good as Ringer <laughs> Podcast Network. That's so amazing. You hear to hear first. Suck it, Verno. <laughs> <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> I, think I, I seriously just snorted and got a bloody nose from snorting. Really? That's not good. Powerful ass snort. Yeah, no, dude. No, I don't. There's only like there's very few podcasts. Like I love the Ringer NBA show. And that just shows you how much I dislike Verno. I just like won't he. Everything you say to him is like, like unbelievable. Like you can't imagine <laughs> the blasphemy. You know, yeah, some will say like his high end, his best possible outcome would be Patrick Ewing. Go, what? Patrick Ewing is one of. It's like, listen, man. Yeah, like we're saying if everything breaks right and he's as good as he possibly could be, there is less than a 1% chance he is Patrick Ewing. But there is still, it like, it is just infuriating. Everything is just so frustrating with him. <laughs> no one here cares. We're here to talk about fantasy football. All right, but that's, my, that's my thing. We're going to switch back to football. Uh, players could do better or worse depending on the year. That's every year in fantasy. But your league stays the same. Uh, what is the kind of league you would look to join it and what should you be looking for in fantasy? I guess I'll talk from the, another perspective, but what would, should you be looking for in a fantasy league? Domination leagues. What are, no, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> that's from uh, the league. Uh, you know, something that has a decent buy-in, um, you know, we're getting a little older. So like the $50 range for a buy-in is nice just so people care. Um, one wrinkle that I really enjoy with our league is we have a, re- a weekly winner. Um, I actually stole that from one of my past leagues, and that means like whoever has the highest point total that that week will get you know five bucks or whatever. So that way you have some incentive to try each week, um, and it's just like you might get five or ten bucks back at the end of the year, and it's kind of just a nice bonus. Um, a league, the most important thing you want in a league is people who pay attention for the whole year. I think nothing else really matters as long as you can get everyone to, to try. I think that's by far the most important thing you're looking for in a league. Um, yeah. And that it makes it makes things way more fun when you have people who are engaged you know, shit talking or looking to trade, um, you know, stay up on the waiver wire. They don't have people, you know, who've passed away on their, on their, like their, you know, lineup or whatever. It's like some dude broke his leg. I don't want to play against you. It's like, you know, every team, every, I feel like every league has like a whatever buy. Like we used to have the Johnny buy when John Buckley was in the league because he just never showed up. (laughs) So you'd have the Johnny buy. Past couple of years, it's been the Charlie buy because he sucks. <laughs> well, Charlie sucks so bad that he wants the rules to be no, changed not, so his name is no longer. We're not discussing <laughs> that. And I understand. We're gonna. So for me, fantasy football is much more than just watching football and and playing. You know, this fake sport where you're owning these random players. Um, for me, it's it's about the camaraderie of it. It's like it's more than just fantasy football. It's more of like 
a group of your friends getting together. It's more about being with these people and doing things together and doing a draft together and being able to talk to each other throughout the week and having a reason to communicate with these people. Um, I think it's something that should be bringing people together and not bring, like, pushing people apart. Um, and that's what I think is the best about fantasy football. And I think that's what you should be looking for in a league. It's a league that you care about it more than just fantasy football. You care about it because you want to hang out with those friends. For sure. You want it to be something that keeps you engaged, not necessarily just because of the sport. And that, that I yeah. think, will make it last way longer. You know what I mean? That's more important. That's yeah. what the longevity will be in a league, is if the people that are core to the league stay, and you have a, you know, a turnover, you don't have much turnover every year. You want to have the same people, and the same people that care, and the same people that are talking smack to each other. That's what I think is the best. That's what you should look for in a fancy league. Dope. Uh, so go ahead. As the you're you're the commissioner, so you're always like, you know, setting stuff up. Do you have any like commissioner like tips for people who are out there who are setting up a league for the first time? Dude, I have or so many commissioner tips. So many. Yeah. First off, uh, be flexible. You need to be able to roll with the punches and and help anyone out at any time. Not necessarily time of night, but like you are kind of called on to solve all of the league's problems. Um, so you need to be flexible and you need to be really good at communicating. You better be good at your phone. You better be on that shit. Like if you're not able to text people and get answers quickly and, you know, just be a, a source for people. We So here's a, here's a scenario. Years, years back, we had a trade that happened on the exact day that, uh, Julio, Julio Jones, Jones trade. Yeah, the Julio Jones got traded in our league the day that he basically broke his leg and was out for the season. I had two of the players in our league that were so good to work with because they were willing to basically null the trade. They basically... Iggy and Hoyler, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't need to say names and stuff, but um, it's, it's, okay. it's important that you're able to address a problem, figure out what the problem is, and then be able to come to a solution with those people within your league. Um, something else I would highly recommend would be start with a constitution and be willing to make changes on it. Um, you're always going to have people questioning you. So it's better if you have a document that you're able to point to and say, Hey, look at this. I don't have a lot of control on it. Um, this is what we can do. For example, I think it's important that your league set up that, the players have control as much as the commissioner does when it comes to decision making on like changes to the league. Um, I think there needs to be like a a voting, um, a majority vote. There needs to be like six out of say it was a 10, point, 10 team league. It should be six out of ten or five out of ten, and then commissioner makes the last decision. You know what I mean? You want it to be like a fairly even, you know, fairly uh, democratic system. Um, something else I really think that's important is getting the right people in the league. And I think that comes down to the commissioner a lot of times because you're figuring out um, how to organize it all. So question that I always kind of ask myself is what should I be looking for in a league participant? And you, you said it best. You want to have someone who's going to participate from the beginning to the end and they're not going to leave and they're going to care the entire time regardless. So it's important to build in like ways to keep people engaged. But my, my goal, I think as a commissioner is engagement, you know, that's, 
and, and for people to have fun and to enjoy the league. And I think what helps people enjoy a league is have it be structured properly so that everyone can have uh, like fair, clean fun. I don't know. Sound like a PSA. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I think it, your role as a commissioner is very important and you really need to be diligent, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if you can set up certain things like um, times for people to get together too, whether it be like a live draft is really big. Um, the first year we had the uh, league, we did a um, we did paper plate awards, just stuff like that to like you know keep everyone interested, you know keep the group because I mean you'll always have like you know friends and stuff like in the league, but like it's it's. Sometimes it's, like, not always direct friendships, you know? Um, so it's good to have those times where you can kind of get... Or, like, you know, we used to go to Thursday Night Football a lot. We'd get all get everyone together for that. So it's, like, it's nice to have those type of things. Having everyone in one place is really nice, but now I'm away, so I'm not sure how it's going to work. But <laughs> Oh, we're still going. Don't you worry. Because I was... Poor house is happening. I was the one who... I, uh, what's it called, uh, orchestrated a lot of those last year so hopefully you guys keep it going no we'll keep it going yeah i think a lot of times as a commissioner you have to bring people together whether it's sending out an email that gets people to talk smack to each other or it's a way to get people together saying oh we're all going to this one place uh come meet up watch the game with us um a live draft i think is crucial and trying to set that up so you can all get together um but i wouldn't say if if you don't want to put in the effort a commissionership is not for you. Um, it, it's a, it's lot, a lot more work than you'd expect. Um, you have to really care about it. Uh, a th- one thing that takes way more time than people expect is like setting things up in the back end that people don't even see. So it's like changing money, figure out who owes who owes money, who needs money, who's uh, who needs to join the league. How do you set up their emails? Uh, setting up the schedule rescheduling the whole thing um there's just a lot that goes into it so not for the faint of heart i would say word so have you we've done a few different things um you know we've done standard and ppr do you have any preference when it comes to those um i don't think it really matters because it's it's equal and fair to everyone um like mm-hmm. there's no advantage in it uh even if someone's like oh let's change this i want to add a defensive player so they think that that's gonna give them an advantage and i think it gives them zero advantage um because everyone has a defensive player at that point um i think you know there's pros and cons pros of ppr is that you can always be looking for that one extra thing and it doesn't have to be uh like a 10 yard reception or 10 yards rushing it can be just a catch um for example there was a game last year where larry fitzgerald caught a four yard like swing pass that didn't even score a touchdown and he got a reception and it won the game for a certain team in our league that's freaking fun uh that wouldn't happen if it was like a normal standard non-ppr league i think ppr is fun because it adds a little wrinkle but i don't think it gives anyone an advantage yeah, I think it just makes every play even more important. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like PPR. I just think it weights things out a little better. Um, I think 
things are skewed way more towards the running back when it is a standard league, mm-hmm. and there's only so many running backs mm-hmm. in the league. So I think it allows more teams to be competitive. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. And it just kind of evens the playing field a little more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's why I prefer PPR. Um, just think it's a little more fun, makes things a little more even. And it, it allows you to have uh, different dynamics of your lineup where um, standard, like, so you can have, you know, let's say you, your flex spot is normally a running back. You could have a wide receiver mm-hmm. or you could have a, a running back who's just kind of like a third down special. I don't know. It just adds a little extra wrinkle. It adds I more think, diversity where, in the roles. Like you could have Danny Woodhead yeah. being a really good PPR running back, but a terrible standard running back. Um, yeah. It gives those lower tier receivers a chance at being in your roster. I don't know. It, it definitely does make it more even because there's more decent receivers than there are decent running backs. There's more depth. That's how it, it's yeah. been since I've been playing fo- fantasy football for almost 10 years, I would say. So what are some rules like back end where uh, like point total things that you like or dislike, like a six point per throwing touchdown or uh, something like that? I've done like weird leagues when there's like crazy, like for every 13 touches, the running back gets 500 points. You know, there's shit like that. And I hated yeah. it. It's so dumb. Sometimes you don't even know where these points come from. Mm-hmm. You know, you just be like, wait, what? Why did he get? So I don't really like any of that. I like the standard four points for throwing, six points for rushing, uh, six points for receiving, just the most standard stock point totals. You'd there say is. the ESPN you know, standard is the best way to go. I think that's fine. I also don't hate decimal, mm-hmm. um, just because it it makes it so like every yard counts, opposed to like what you know. Why is ten yards better than nine? Right. You know, it's kind of the triple double thing. It's like why is eight rebounds, thirteen assists. And 12 points worse than 12 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. You know, it's like, it's just the, you know, obscurity of it. It, it doesn't make sense. Um, so I, I, I get decimal. I don't hate it. I get if you lose by point one <laughs> point, infuriating. that would be infuriating. But, you know, also is infuriating tying, which I have done the last two years. I love ties. So I, I think ties are hilarious. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't care for them. I like them. I think they're hilarious, and it's just like you didn't even win or lose; you just tied, and it's it swings. I think I tied on the first game of the series season last year. That's awesome. I think it's so comical. I think I tied. There's no real yeah, good reason for me is. to like it besides it's funny. Like the, it, it's just stupid. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I've played in leagues where it's six points, or I've had weird reception yards. Like, uh, sorry, so. Like special team, special teams return yards count as points. Um, the one interesting one I have heard of was like a extra bonus points for if your player gets a hundred yards. So it'll be if your running back gets a hundred yards rushing and hundred yards receiving, that's ten. You'll get five extra points per category. Five points. Yeah, which I think is kind of fun because it gives you a little bit of a boost for a player who's a stud or has a really stud day. It kind of separates you from other teams. It's not a bad idea. Um, I've had those two. I don't mind yeah. them. I just like, 
I don't really see the point. It doesn't add anything. It doesn't give anyone an advantage. So yeah. I, I'd say that, you know, the game itself, how it's broken down, can vary between leagues. But I think the biggest day and most important thing to think about in your league is the draft. Like, would you say the draft is the biggest day in fantasy football? It's up there. Um, it, you, it, it, it is and it isn't. Um, it is as in, like, you have to be prepared for it, but at the same time, you can't get stuck in the draft. Like, you can't just be like, well, I committed to him at the first number, or, like, first pick, so I have to ride with him even though he's been sucking. Like, I've had situations where I've just, like, rode out a dude because... Um, you know, I picked them early or like you can't let it affect your trade value of stuff. So like, you know, you can't be like, well, he picked him in the third round and I picked him in the second round. So like, I don't want to trade my guy because my guy was picked higher. Um, and I've run into issues with like that because I put so much thought into my draft. I'd say way too much thought into your draft, but Hey, say what you want, but drafting is never my issue it's always like waiver wire stuff mm. each person has their own which issue. is something you've done good at yeah uh do do you have a specific strategy when you go into the draft so i think you can have a lot of different strategies i think the best strategy you can have is to be flexible um, my overall strategy is to get value um i i'm under the assumption that the fantasy analysts that you're following or the ESPN standard, whatever is usually fairly on par. Um, they do their job fairly well. That's their job. This isn't my job. Do you know what I mean, I'm not a fantasy football analyst. So, so how do you perceive value? I perceive value as to what, you know, I watch including what they're projected to be drafted at. So I think it's important to look at, you know, who's so, dropping. So I think do you just go off like the, ADP, or do you go off like a certain analyst, or just all I, of? I ESPNs? would say you could either go ADP. I think that's what I normally would go off of, or I'd pick one analyst I like the most who I think views aligned closely with me. What do you do? Yeah, I do that. I listen to like a variety of different people, and then I kind of compile them. Um, what I do to 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 show value is I don't go based off like ADP or stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I do a a tiered system. Right, right. That's a different strategy. Um, I've never employed that. Yeah, so that's something that I did last year for the first time and I really liked. Um, So basically what like a tiered draft system is, is basically you'll have like your tier one players. So you'll have it across the board. It might be a group of one to five to eight players, whatever you grew, whatever you view the elite, you know, top level talent. Are they the same... Are they per position or are they different positions? Per per position. Okay. So I'll have my QB one tier. I'll have my RB one tier, wide receiver one tier. So as I'm going through, I can see where the players are leaving. So like, let's say all of my running backs in tier one are gone, right? So I can either pick from tier two or I have two wide receivers in my tier one. You kind of have to use a little like, well, how much do I value running backs over wide receivers? That sounds like, but, like a I'm ton gonna of view work. that as. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it it's really simple. It's not that much different than like having like a a top 100 mm-hmm. list. You know, 
um, a lot of analysts will have a tiered ranking and then you can simply just adjust people as you want. Mm -hmm. So I'll see like, all right, all the top is what I view top tier running backs are gone. I'm not going to pick what I believe is a substantially worse group of running backs. I'm going to go to the wide receiver. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'll, I'll do stuff like that. And that helps a lot towards the later end of the draft. You'll Um, have a guy that's higher on your tier list, but will be further down in the ADP and you'll be able to snag them higher. Yep. Yeah. So like, I'll see like, you know, we might be in the seventh round, but I still have a tier three running back available. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh shit. Well, like I definitely should go after him. So it just helps with stuff like that. For Um, those who don't know, also also ADP is average draft position. So (laughs) I don't know if we stated that, but go ahead, Fresh. We didn't. Um, but I think that is really helpful and you can really see the runs much clearer, especially if you're doing it in person. Um, you know, if you're seeing a run of tight ends or wide receivers or something like that, it's much easier to see like, hey, like, look at all the wide receivers who are gone out of my tier. You know, like there's been a run on these. So I need to either jump in and get someone before the the, the run ends or I go the opposite way and I look to find value at a different position because there's a certain run. So stuff like that. I think the tier system is probably the best thing that I've done um, for drafting. Uh, would you say that there's something like a general rule you live by when going to a draft? Is there something you're like, this is kind of how I do? Or is there something that you think people do going to a draft? Not necessarily yourself, but others? Um, People definitely have certain players cloud their judgment whether it be positively or negatively. So if they've been, you know, burned in the past by a player, they'll have a tendency to stray away from them. Um, Same thing if they fall in love with a player or have done well with them in the past, they'll go back to them or might reach. I try to never reach for players I like, especially if it's like, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm a huge Packers fan, but I'm always going to wait on QBs. So I've never had Rodgers. So would you say late on QB is this something that you kind of prescribe to? I Yeah, I live by follow your board. So whoever you like, whatever analysts you like, whatever um, tier system you like, whatever it is, follow that. Don't reach. You're going to find value. Um, stuff will come to you. Um, wait on QB. Don't reach. And don't fade players just because you've gotten burned in the past. Yeah, that's one thing I definitely have. I'm, I have a rule now. I will not reach for players of a team that I like. I will not draft Raiders early anymore. That is like just burned me, burned me, burned me so many times in the past. I'm like, uh, there's a choice between Brandon Cooks or Amari Cooper. Who should I pick? I like them both equally, so I'll just go with Amari Cooper because he's on the Raiders. Wrong, Max. You're wrong. Don't do that. It's burned you every single time. Uh, your real football alliance and your fans football alliance do not co- coexist. They do not work well together. You better be as dead behind the eyes as Chucky and just choose purely off what you think is most valuable. Yeah. Who's a, who's a player who's burned you really, really bad in the past? 
Oh man, um, I'm trying to think. I've been burned. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Lacy. Oh, I picked Eddie Lacy fourth overall, I think, one year, and he had a terrible year. <laughs> and then the next year, he was supposed to have a back bounce back year, and he actually did play better. But then he broke his leg, broke his ankle, and then that was on. Um. I haven't had too many players who like really just like crushed yeah. me. Doug Martin one year killed me. Um, the year after he blew up, um, I had Doug Martin and Will had Ray Rice, and we actually traded. And like both the trade just didn't met. They both were fucking terrible. <laughs> they both like were absolutely embarrassing. So the trade didn't matter at all. Um, I'd say a player that burned me hardcore. Okay, I'll. T- I'll- yeah, I'd say Darren McFadden, 100%. I drafted him second round, Yeah, and I don't think he had more than 200 yards that season. He was a complete bust-bust. So bad, couldn't get on the field, couldn't stay healthy, useless player. He's on the team the whole season, did absolutely nothing. I got burned real bad by uh, drafting a Raider. Don't do it. Yeah, and I think that's... 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 Yeah. <laughs> that happens yeah and it's like that can actually be beneficial for, for you though because a lot of other people think that way so you can get in their yeah. head um like you know certain people love certain players so you know they're gonna reach for them so you can take advantage of that mm-hmm. you should at least, you know at least try to I don't, I don't know if it's gonna work but you should at least you know go into a draft I, thinking about that what are other people gonna draft i'd say that's important think about what yes. other people are gonna draft not just yourself that's yep. important. If someone yep, likes to draft absolutely. a quarterback early, if someone likes to draft a defense early, uh, that'll drastically change who you can pick. If someone really likes a certain type of player, if someone fills out their entire roster before they pick a bench player, that's important. Looking at you, Iggy. Shouting <laughs> you out, Iggy. Iggy has always been the first player to draft a defense, a kicker, and then f- and fill out his full roster. He always gets the He's best almost defense, always though. the first. He always gets a good kicker. He does. He does. <laughs> it does do something. I don't know if it's the best way to do it, but it's a strategy. And I think other players should at least know certain things or think about things going into the draft. Yeah, that is another part of my strategy. I never draft a kicker or a defense before the last two rounds. Mm-hmm. I'd say ever. I think it's important to stream defenses. So don't pick a defense early. Yes. Who? No one knows who's gonna be a good defense. Like there's, they have there's uh and same with kicker. Look at fantasy fantasy analysts. They'll talk about it. They're like, we have no idea. This has too much volatility. There's no numbers to back any of this up. So pick them late because we actually have no idea as well. Yeah. If you have an idea, go ahead. I mean, if you're going to pick something, uh, let's say third to last round, and pick it one spot early, that's fine. Go ahead. That's Knock fine, your socks up. Like, whatever. I mean, all those picks late in the draft, but don't pick it too early. I don't think you should ever pick a defense or a kicker early. There's fine enough kickers and defenses late, and you'll pick up kickers and defenses regularly that are very, very serviceable on the waiver wire. For sure. All right, so we actually got a couple of questions, um, most of them from Iggy. So here's my first question. As the commissioner, Max, mm. um, 
How many kickers is too many kickers? Uh, so Iggy would like the answer to be four or more is preferable, but I'd say more than one on your starting lineup is wrong. You should only have one in your starting lineup. That is it. That is my uh, opinion, but it is not the fact on how a league will be. You might find an all-kicker league. Um, so why can't we have a kicker in our flex? Uh, because they're not, they can't do anything else besides kick. They don't go and run yeah. passes, like catch passes. They don't run the ball. They don't throw the ball. Is that a requirement very of regularly. a flex? I think that's a requirement of flex. We have ours be kicker, or sorry, wide receiver, running back, tight end. It's, you can't have a quarterback there because they're kind of too valuable then. Like they score too many points. Well, that's a two QB That's a two league. QB league. But, I mean, you can have a flex where you could put a QB or a receiver or a running back in that spot. But you, yeah, they would that's an open position. equivalently be a two-quarterback league. So I don't know if you could, but you might be able to put a kicker in that position. I don't think you can. I can look. If it's if it's a two-position league? Oh, if it's a two-quarter... Oh. If it's, if it's, like, not a two-quarterback, but, like, there's an open position... Mm-hmm. It'd be a f- it'd be an open be position instead of a kick. Uh, it'd be open instead of yes. yeah. Go ahead. Instead of you're flex. more than welcome to start a kicker in those leagues. So n- knock your All socks right, out. Maybe we'll do that. We probably won't, but you know we could always uh, put up to. A I don't vote. mess with QB. I don't mess with two QB leagues. Uh, it just changes the entire dynamic of the whole dang thing. So I'm not interested in that. I, I kind of like how yeah. normal leagues run, and a two QB league is a little out there for me. If I was doing multiple leagues, I wouldn't mind doing a two QB league. Mm-hmm. But if I'm only doing one or two, I definitely don't want to do that. So on the topic of kickers, Iggy wants to oh, know. Oh, is this all on the Instagram? Why is there? Yep. Why is there not a punter? <laughs> because the un- punters don't have measurable stats that are easy to record. And nope, false. No, that's totally true. Hang time? No, but you can't translate that to point system very easily. And also, you- a punter's job is different. Like you're. Your goal could be to pin a, like, pin someone back. That doesn't help for your yeah. yardage. That there's no measurable yeah, amount for points, field position gaining. Like that, there's not a good way to translate that to points. Whereas yards, you're thinking too small. No, I'm not, dude. What you're thinking, dude? Too who's small. gonna come up with these stats? No way, dude. We live in the fucking golden age of stats. Dude, there's no way someone could come up. Iggy, if you come up with stats. To score a punter, we're doing it next year. Dude, no, we're not. <laughs> There's no way to measure that. If you find hey, a good way to wait, measure it, what, send it to I me. Thought, we'll put on. it up for a vote. I, that's what I was going to say. I thought this was a damn democracy. You're acting like it's a fucking dictatorship. I can have an opinion. My opinion's yeah, equal. Yeah, but you said, yeah, exactly, equal, not better than. No, I agree. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see how anyone's going to be like, dude, punters are what we need. We already have one vote for punter, so awesome. He also has a third okay. question: Why won't Charlie stop complaining about the losers bracket? <laughs> Good question, Iggy. I've been asking myself that. Good question. Since he said he was gonna quit if it was not changed. Solid question. Still don't have an answer. Uh, my answer would be he feels very strongly about it. This is a it's a topic that he cares a lot about. He's regularly down there, so he knows what it's like. Um, I understand yeah. it. I the the goal of a league, I'd say, a lot of times is to be as uh, 
how do I say this? I don't know what you're saying. Okay, let me just backtrack. You want everyone to enjoy the league. Your goal of the league is not to hurt other people's feelings, to make other people feel bad. It should be a lot of people enjoying uh, camaraderie, and that's what's important in the league. What is this, the Unicorn Sprinkle League? I'm out for death, <laughs> killing, and the cash, baby. I'm the commissioner. I was supposed to be this. Uh, f- fucking weak. You're weak-willed. No, I'm not weak-willed. <laughs> I, so No, I get the it. The goal is not to make other people feel bad, and I think that certain rules and leagues can do that. So I, I'm willing to change things or at least talk about it because I think it's important that everyone is enjoying the league that they're in. I get what he's saying with the loser's bracket isn't always a clear representation of who is the worst for the entirety of the league. Let's explain it. Let's, but, let's explain it from a bigger perspective though. Hold on. Okay. Let me hit you. Had your okay. time to talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my turn no, to please talk. You talk. I want to hear. I, ex- I, I, I see the point that he was mm-hmm. saying that win a loser's bracket, the seventh through 10th team play one another and the loser of the final thing is the the loser the cock of our league. It's like the loser's you know, championship. You ch- it's the loser's championship. And it is not a clear representation of who is worst all year. But the championship is also not always the clear representation of who is the best all year. You can have a team come in fourth in who who has the fourth barely snuck into the playoffs. Didn't have a didn't have the most points, but had more wins, and then they go on a hot streak and win the championship. Does that mean they're the best team? Not really. I have done that. But I have won, done that exact they, thing. So it's not saying like last year I had the most points by over a hundred points last year. I didn't make the playoffs. How is that fair to me? That I didn't even get a chance to play. I should be the champion. I had the most points. Right? Isn't that the goal of fantasy is to have the most points? Right. So, I don't feel slighted. It just wasn't. It was the luck of the draw. It just so happened that at the end of this tournament, you ended up being the worst. That doesn't mean you're the worst all year, but you were the worst in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm all fine for changing it. I just like... I don't really care. It's whatever. But I just think it's kind of funny. It's funny. I... I, I uh, but you know, it's. It, I don't care yeah. because I'll never be in that position. So oh, it's you whatever. you might be, dude. Next year you're about to suck dong. Hey, I thought this was the unicorns and sprinkle. It leagues. is normally the unicorn and sprinkle. I leagues. was under the I was under the assumption that you were the the unicorn master, and we were all just having a <laughs> rainbows and sunshine league. My goal is to get it there. <laughs> it never will be because I got you freaking hooligans. I got to wrangle together. You do a good job of wrangling. So you got to wrangle. Um, you ask, uh, but I am open to changing the rules in hopes of continuing the league and the camaraderie because it is way more fun having everyone in it. And it's not fun when someone takes the league hostage and says they're going to quit if they don't get something changed. But I'm willing to, you know, be a little flexible every once and in a while. And that's what I think you should bring it to your league is you should be a flexible, you know, commissioner and you should be a flexible participant because it may not be exactly what you want but it's more important to you know roll with the punches and and have fun with it It, if fans football should be fun it shouldn't be like a grind you should enjoy it in my opinion for sure uh do you want to so go ahead 
though that answers all our instagram questions uh do you want to talk about waiver wire the second most important part besides the draft <laughs> yeah so opinion? i'm not i'm not very good at this so maybe you should take it over <laughs> uh so there's two different types of waiver wires there's like a waiver order where it's like one through ten the worst team gets the best waiver wire priority and then the team that's doing the best gets the worst waiver wire priority um and then there's the fab budget where it's anyone gets equal opportunity but who will pay more for the opportunity to add that player so you'll have a hundred dollars for the whole season and you can spend it on your players accordingly zero dollar bid is also um works so the one that i've had the most experience with is the waiver order uh, there's a lot of things you can take into account. I think the main thing is always be on it. <laughs> like you should be looking at the waiver wire always, and you should always be willing to make changes. This goes back to our earlier discussion about players and don't be too locked into that player and don't be too locked into your draft because you should be willing and ready to give, get off that player. Um, and the waiver wire, you should be ready to, change the back end of your roster constantly. I think the back end of your roster should be in flux. It should be changing and moving with who's doing best at that time. Um, that's what I think is most important to do with your waiver wire. Not necessarily who will be your starter next week. That's great. Figure that out. But I think it's important to see who might be a starter in two weeks. Who might be your streaming defense in two weeks. Who might be a breakout candidate moving forward. Um, who's looking good recently and could be a trade partner for later. Like who could you use to bundle in a trade later? So I think the waiver wire is an untapped place to get your team to be a lot better. Yeah. Um, one thing that I definitely have dabbled with is, um, looking at players on injured reserve or coming off suspension, stuff like that. So striking on those players before other people are due to come back mm-hmm. So let's say uh, someone's coming off the PUP list. Um, it's like a six day, six six game, you know. So start looking to pick him up around week three, and even sooner if it's if it's a stud player. But if you think he has the potential to be like a number two running back or wide receiver, um, it's definitely beneficial to look ahead and try to pick them up early before other teammates do. Um, Garrett is really good at doing this. Um, yeah, so, so and just being on top of the information, like, um, you know, what is going on around the league is important, whether there's injuries or, you know, because if someone, let's say, you know, uh, Julio Jones, when he got injured, you know, Mohamed Sanu stepped up and was a, a, a big part. So, like, to know, like, if someone's going out, what is going on behind them, who's the number two, who's the number three, yeah. stuff like that. Knowing running back depth is super important. Who is going to step up in case of injuries? Um, running back is by far the most volatile um, as far as injuries go. There's usually a ton of turnover. So understanding who can be a number one running back if that running back goes down in front of them is really key. Yeah. I've heard of leagues where the waiver wire is... You can access it at any point in time, and you can add and drop players even during games. And I absolutely hate that. I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I don't of. like that. Um, the waiver wire should be on Tuesdays or whatever. After all the games are, you can look into add or drop players, and you should get that player. 
the next day, Wednesday, and then have it be like a a waiver process after that. You know, either they're free yeah. agents and you can do it freely, or they were dropped from a team and it takes another waiver period. Um, I think people need to look at defenses and kickers on the waiver wire. I think that's you should pretty much pick up a kicker and a defense almost every week. Uh, all almost. I think it should be almost. Yeah, Pretty regularly, almost. your defense will change because you want to figure out who's playing um, the, the Browns. Browns. Not anymore, though. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who's a really bad offense? The Bills. Who's playing the Bills this week? Bills look like they have some horrendous offensive talent. I'm not excited for that offensive talent at all. Um, so maybe that's a team you look for. Uh, the Colts are a team you should target. I think it's almost better to look at teams that are worse offenses than good defenses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So that's a waiver wire um, strategy I would say that people could employ. And I haven't done the fab budget, but I definitely would prefer to do the fab budget. I think it's way more fair than the other way um, of strictly just doing, you know, whoever's in last gets the first pick. Um, especially in the first week when that is really valuable. That's the real problem. It's the first it just, week. Yeah. It just makes everything way more even when everyone has a fair shot to get whatever player. I don't like because you won one week, you know, that you're you you just don't even have a chance yeah. at getting it just it creates way more strategy. I think it, it's more fun and I really hope we uh move to that. It's, I wanted to do it packet. last year and yeah. for whatever reason we didn't. It definitely adds a level of a dynamic experience to it but you a person like me who makes a lot of changes it would make it a little harder for um well all that you could still make those changes it would just be you know cheap changes like a dollar two dollar stuff like that zero defenses and kickers you rarely have to pay that much for maybe a dollar i mean you have a hundred dollars for the whole year Midweek, a lot of times people don't make changes midweek. They'll only make the the initial change. So that means that the next round where a lot of times you'll sift through the kickers or the defense on like a Thursday or something like that, you're not going to have to give up anything to get those players. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I guess let's wrap up our discussion on fantasy football. What would you say is some general insight that you could tell people to help them win their leagues? When drafting, go by your board. Don't reach. Don't fall in love with players. QB late unless the value is too crazy. Kicker's defense in the last round. That's your thought. What I would say is the best advice I ever heard was fantasy football is a week-by-week league. You need to win that week and nothing more. So focus on it on a week-by-week basis, not in the totality of the whole league because that will get too far ahead of yourself. You need to win this week's game or next week's game won't even matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, You should figure out how you're going to win this week before you figure out how you're going to win three weeks from now. Um, Get players that you think will do well that game, not necessarily players that will be the highest average maybe the entire season. Hold on. Dropping shit all over the place. You good? What did yeah, you do? Go ahead. See what you were saying. Oh, I just. I think My it's. F- 
I think it's something that people need to think about is it's a weekly game. It's not a yearly thing. If we had like a points per game over the whole season, then different players would be more important. But guys like Deshaun Jackson are valuable in their own way. So think about how you're going to win that week and nothing more. Uh, from like once you, what not once you've been drafted, but on a like week to week basis, because that's where you win your league. It's figuring out how you can maneuver your roster and maneuver to gain an advantage. I would say something else that people don't even think about, and I'm glad that sometimes our league is a league that does is trades. Trades are a possibility. Trades are fun. Trades are interesting. And they changed the whole dynamic of what your roster could look like. So be open to it and thinking about it because that can really give you the push that you need to make it to the next level. And don't be that guy that will offer, you know, a kicker, a defense, and a number three wide receiver for uh, Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. Don't be that person. No one likes you. No one likes you, Rick. (laughs) I'm not calling out anybody. Why aren't you calling people out? Because... I think there's a person like that in every single league. <laughs> I'm just saying specifically, who that's who's in our Rick league. Rick would be the guy. Rick would 100% <laughs> be the guy. The thing about trades is you need... And then when you make a counter offer, he gets so mad. Like, dude, He's like, dude, horrible... that's like not even... It's, not, it's a horrible trade. It's like you just offered me the worst trade ever. What do you mean? I think... I need to stop saying I think. I think I need to shut the hell up. Um, in trades, you need to give something up to get something back. You're going to get burned in trades, but you have to be willing to get burned because that could happen to someone else. The NFL is very volatile. Injuries happen. Players get better and worse. If they it, it, A trade is kind of a big swing, and you got to be willing to go for it. you got to be willing to give up players to get players, in my opinion. It's kind of balls. It takes yeah. a lot. It, it, it is kind of harder to pull off, I would say. For sure. I like it, but that's just me. Yeah, I haven't been a part of too many trades, but I would like to do them more. Yeah, totally. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about fantasy-wise before we talk about some general NFL stuff? No, that's good. We can just touch on some NFL stuff real quick. We don't have to, oh, like... Oh, yeah. Okay. We're, like, 50 minutes totally. in. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, he got a new contract extension. Pretty big deal. Yep, four years, 60 mil, uh, 45 guaranteed. Um, why that's so important is because it is resetting the um the market on running backs um Le'Veon Bell was offered I think it was five years 70 mil and he turned it down um and everyone thought he was crazy um what the craziest part about this is the second highest paid running back from a guaranteed money standpoint is um Saquon Barkley who's a rookie which is crazy so that just kind of shows the position that running backs have put in Mm -hmm. um so I think that that's really interesting. I'm I'm excited to see how it affects the rest of the league. I don't know how big of an effect there will be besides maybe Le'Veon Bell and some other like high end top tier running backs. Um, yeah, uh, Andrew Luck's back. He's throwing no limitations, which he's is not huge. throwing nerf balls. I thought uh, he was throwing nerf balls. No, he's no longer throwing nerf balls. He's throwing real NFL I footballs. I don't believe. It. I think they're NCAA sized. He was in the beginning of the year, but he is now throwing. He just threw today. Dude, he's throwing those vortexes. The ones that when they go through, they go. 
Those are the ones that like yeah, whistle. Hype! I love those with the tail. Yeah, I liked them. You could throw those things a, a mile. mile and a half. <laughs> I know Charlie. Charlie can literally just he. You'd kind of tick, 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 tick. He'd be like a roller coaster. You tick him back, and he would just launch it just so freaking far. Freaking cannon! Mountains. Literally could. He literally could do that. Unbelievable. Coach. If coach would have put me in Sunday. We would have run. Would have won sectionals. No What's problem. that mean from a fantasy perspective? Andrew Luck coming back, missing a whole year. The Colts aren't going to be a tire fire again. Hopefully, um, I know they've done a few things to address their offensive line, um, specifically in this draft. Um, it's going to be interesting if they have a solid pass blocking offensive line. It's going to be really exciting, mm-hmm. but you have to protect him. And they haven't done that. At all. So I would love to see him stay healthy. I think he's a great competitor. Um, He's the closest thing we have to a caveman in shoulder pads. And I really hope he can stay healthy. Um, He is just a ridiculous human being. Um, Another quarterback quarterback news. Jameis Winston suspended three games for sexually assaulting an Uber driver. Come on, James. Which, dude, suspended? Kick him out of the league. I, I, I hate Jameis. I never liked Jameis. When he came into the league, I was like, everyone was touting him as the next great thing. He's trash. He's really bad decision-making he, on the field and off the field. Deci- it's insane. He sucks. And he's just like a dirty person, like just scumbag person. like decisions. Dude. God. Oh, my God. Yo, go ahead. Eat that W, Jameis. But, like, you've only been eating L's as of late. <laughs> All right, let's let it on that one. So stupid. He's a turd, man. Jameis Winston's a turd. Jameis Winston getting them L's. All right, we're wrapping this up. Uh, Please go and follow us on all the social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're spitting hot fire on all of them. Uh, Go to iTunes. Give us five-star ratings. Like, subscribe, talk on the Instagram. We love hearing your feedback. Yep, yep. Shout out to everyone who asked questions today. Iggy and Kret. Kret, I know this is probably the first podcast you're listening to, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for the advice on some questions. Um, while you're on, uh, you know, around the Masters of Mediatic, you go check out uh, MrBallCaps.com. Uh, just got a full-size run in the Cucumbus hats. All in stock, authentic, new era Cucumba hats. Um we have a full size run, so no matter your head size, we should have hats available. Um, go check those out. They they went real quick last time. Um, expect them to go quick again, so check them out. And when you do, use promo code TMOM, all caps, T-M-O-M, all caps, at checkout for 15% off. All right, that's all for us. Have a good night. Peace. Night.